0: Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard in school. And build a pump! build a pump!
1: It's your boy, DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports
0: Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Let's go!
1: Witty Nation, welcome to Witty Not Funny Sports Live presented by traveling growler the number one self-rated buffalo sports show covering the bill Sabers, entertainment and everything in between and as always part of the built-in buffalo podcast network go follow us on twitter at woody sports 716 right there on the bottom there we'll make it super easy for you just hit that follow and we'll fall back love connecting with those mafia Sabers fans out there if you're still out there um uh, <laughs> And check out all the great shows Built in Buffalo is giving you every single week, every single day. The best Bills content out there. Giving it to you live and in color. Built in Buffalo. At Built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt. He is Tony. A disheveled Tony. Tony, what's going on?
2: Uh, I am disheveled. Look at this. Like, why is my hair what? so flat? I mean, it's wet. Oh no! But, you know, it's like... It's you look up. like
1: you look like a Josh Allen press conference lately.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just that no, has
1: been through some stuff.
2: <laughs> yes. his is like, like you said, disheveled and but still like flowy and just like seems like a lot's going on. but his is well, he's Josh. his is lively, unlike his offense. Mine is flat, much like the offense.
1: <laughs> yes. Get this, this is yes. lively, like what he wants the offense to be. And yours is yes. flat, which is what he's, the offense is.
2: Yes. He's like, he's letting his hair be the, uh, be like the confirmation of, uh, you know, what's the, like he's t- is, what's the term I'm looking for? Like, he's letting his hair be truth to action or be like yes. beliefs to action yeah. to let him do it. I feel, so I flat- feel
1: like as, as he goes, like his hair gets more disheveled and we're, we're like living his life with him. <laughs> because his whole well like, I wish I, I, I feel his pain
2: right as he as he devolves into some form of like you know needy human some form of uh right you know uh, so the lowest among us, if you will as he as he descends uh, to be one of the lowest among us emotionally and physically, hopefully not physically right. but emotionally and mentally, then he becomes.
1: He, who we all are he's about like five days away from looking like brendan fraser and encino man just like <laughs> i wish that was peak brendan that was peak fraser preak fraser i know you're gonna say he's five days away
2: from being uh from being brendan fraser in the whale <laughs> like this is i would i would uh, love that. we could encino be, we could be getting
1: there fraser. too we could be getting there too <laughs> yeah uh, listeners viewers if you're just tuning in make sure you comment like subscribe we love showing the love and comment we'll share your comments on the show we'll comment on your comments it's very meta here Uh what you not funny sports live so give us a comment say go bills just say hi whatever we love seeing the comments uh tony how you doing tonight other than the the hair issue
2: matt are you asking that because you're we're like minutes into this and i haven't saying anything is that is that your I setup? Need,
1: I just need it. I, th- that's my <laughs> segue. Do you want to talk more about your hair? We can very much do so.
2: No, I want you to take a look Let's at. Let's talk about segment. your whole
1: outfit and compare Offense. it to any Bills player. <laughs> can You shut up! So your are looking a little wrinkly. Much how Ken Dorsey's been wrinkly in play calling.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do like this. It's like the like the wonders sign behind me because it's. Like, I wonder what happened to our high-powered offense.
1: There we go. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the blur behind me, because for Bill's fans, it's all been a blur the past month. The, it, yes, it
2: has been. And the clock that appears behind you sometimes, like, nope. the clock is ticking on Dorsey's job.
0: And uh,
1: or, the cur- or the curtain above my other shoulder, and the curtain is closing. On my being positive with Sean McDermott.
2: <laughs> we can go all day with this. Or the, I know we can. I'm like, or the tree that you can see on the very side of my frame here, just as the leaves of my tree. I hope that a certain, I hope that a few certain somebody's maybe leave Buffalo.
1: <laughs> I was good, I thought you were going to say the tree as in the, plants josh norman is growing in the inner city you're really up on the plants you really like the plants um uh, we got the green thumb what can i say I respect yeah, okay so that. does josh norman junie says it's not over guys the fat lady is not sung as of yet uh we'll get into it uh i don't know if we're feeling the same uh, but i don't know if we're all the way to the fat lady singing but we're definitely uh, we're skeptical at this point, so we'll get into it more. Uh, Tony, I think it's been long enough. Do you want to do your song? <laughs> I feel like you a, have- <laughs> Christ, you're filibustering here.
2: No, I'm not. Every time I start to sing, you, every time I start it, you interrupt. <laughs>
1: I will not interrupt. Please do us the honors. Uh, indulge us. At your uh, take window.
2: a look at my stagnant offense. Seems like the only one we got. Take a look at this worthless offense. We never seem to get a lot of points. Just take a look at 2020. We were the best team in America. Now see the teams that move it forward. I hope we can be like you. But Dorsey seems to refuse.
1: <laughs> a lot of buildup
2: for a keep,
0: mediocre Cupid's keep Chokehold?
1: Cupid's Chokehold? Is that what it's called? Is that what it's called? It's Gym Class Heroes, right?
2: Uh did they do a cover of it? Because isn't it from like Super Freak First? Super Bad? Super, and then super like Justin Timberlake Freak. did it.
1: I, I think you're way off there. Super tramp.
2: No, super super tramp okay. did it first. Oh yeah. And then Justin Timberlake covered it. Did he? Wow. Is it, it called Cupid Shocult? Maybe it is called Cupid Show Cold. Oh, maybe it's, it's not. It's,
1: it's very Gym Class Heroesy. It's definitely a Gym Class Hero song, which the Bills look like their peak is Gym Class Hero right now. That's how bad yes. they have been this month. Uh, Tony, to kick off the show this week, I thought uh, we'd play into the, the theme of this week. A lot of politics going on. We don't get into politics and whatnot, because that is not this show, obviously. This is a sports show, people. So We are going to play a little vote the bills. I think P. Diddy ran a campaign, vote the bills, way back when. Uh, But Tony, I thought we'd (laughs) throw up two choices. (laughs) It was a South Park episode. Uh, I thought we'd throw up two choices and we discuss, we take sides, what choice you rather prefer. So we will uh, hit the little check mark next to the choice we prefer and put it in a dominion machine and and scan it on in tony are you ready for our first uh vote the bills and listeners and viewers let us know uh who you choose in in our toss-up here uh tony you ready for the first one uh, i
2: probably voted on tuesday and i'm proudly voting on thursday i am believing in democracy okay. here
1: <laughs> we, we we believe in democracy here we believe in a bill's it's a hot take that's for sure oh uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, Tony, I thought we'd kick it off with, uh, with a little softball one here, a little softball, uh, because I thought this guy had one of his best games as a bill I've seen, uh, and staking his claim as the second cornerback job, uh, front runner here. But would you go moving forward, Dane Jackson or running on the more party power or more power party, ha 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 Christian Benford, who would you go with? moving forward here. Dane Jackson or Christian Benford. <clears throat>
2: um I would go with the I would I I think that there's less risk with Christian Benford. Oh, I think interesting. Dane Jackson's been Dane Jackson showed up like he's been good and decent. But I mean I've also seen a lot of times when Dane Jackson is like yikes. But I see <laughs> So I may as well go for the hot young stud here. Get a little more power with Christian Benford. Um, I don't know. I guess that's what I guess is where I'm at.
1: I just thought Dane Jackson was very good against the Bengals, and we'll get into the Bengals yeah. in a little bit here. Yeah, at the, end of the show. A uh, couple pass breakups going against one of the best wide receiver tandems, maybe one of the best wide receiver triplets, whatever classify it as, uh, in the league, and Chase Higgins and Boyd. But uh, he, he was kind of locked down. And the one thing I like about Christian, or I'm sorry, about Dane Jackson, a sure tackler. Like, we mm-hmm. don't have a lot of those guys. And especially when you're watching guys like Terrell Dodson right out there. Um, not a, a lot of his tackles with the Bills. We know that. But Dane Jackson never seems to be in that category. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Dane Jackson is in that category. Levi Wallace mold mold currently, and I know he gets compared mm-hmm. to Levi a lot, but I feel like he's the new Levi Wallace because like Levi, seems like we're always trying to find his replacement. And whenever we bring in a guy, and I'm not saying Razul Butler's gonna be his replacement, because I think Razul Butler is gonna or Razul Butler, Razul Douglas, Razul Butler's a basketball player. Razul Douglas is not going to be his replacement. He's going to be CB one. So I think he's a shoe in for that. This is CB two. It seems like whenever they try to move on from Dane Jackson or bump him down the depth chart, he just steps up much like Levi did. And every time we brought in a replacement, Josh Norman and um, Kevin Johnson and those guys, like it just seemed like Levi Wallace always won the job and always stepped up. I feel like Dane Jackson's kind of playing that role now. Well, Dane Jackson gets those opportunities by circumstance, he always,
2: someone's always injured and that brings Dane Jackson in. And then, (laughs) so I don't see him as like, is he stepping up? Is he earning his spots? Is he earning those reps? Or does, is he just sound depth? And to me, I would classify him more as sound depth than someone who is stepping up to play, even though he really did step up on, on Sunday night.
1: This is very, very, very good. Um, so, again, viewers, let us know who you think. Uh, who would you choose in the, these toss-ups? Uh, you ready for a little harder one, Tony, as we move on here?
0: Yeah. All
1: right. We're going to go a little off-field, up into the booth, and not the OC booth, the announcer booth. If you were to choose the Ghost of Van Miller versus Chris Brown, <laughs> who would you choose right now? To announce Uh, these bills. So
2: so to review, your vote was cast for Dane Jackson.
1: Yes. And yours was Benford. Yes.
2: Okay. Um well Matt, you can't see it off frame, but but I am currently sitting in seat six of a real um of a real rich stadium uh seat. I have, two, I have two stadium seats there in my basement. Is. I'm currently sitting in seat six from, from Rich Stadium, from the Rich Stadium days. I'm currently jealous. Very cool. So I'm feeling the blood running, pulsating through me of the early 90s. And so for that reason, I am feeling compelled, I think, that the ghost of Van Miller is getting uh, the magic of Van Miller himself is not only pulsating through me like ectoplasm, but it's, it's where my vote is going.
1: That's, a, that's exactly what I was gonna compare it to. A little ectoplasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would mean, choose the Ghost of as well because... they just yeah, announced they just that new Ghostbusters.
2: Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you know what I was gonna say. Yeah, you know what I was gonna say. I was, I knew where you're Ghostbusters going. Frozen Empire is coming soon. And it looks fifty yeah. fifty.
1: It looks fifty fifty. Mm. Uh Robert says Ghost of Van Miller. Of course, Ghost of Van Miller. Van was one of uh the great announcers of mm. Bill's lore and history. Uh I'm going with Ghost of Van Miller because one year during training camp, uh I went to training camp and in the hospitality tent I sat next to Von Miller.
2: Von, Von Miller, Van Miller,
1: Van Miller <laughs> and, and Von Miller. Wow. Von Miller was Von the Miller, Miller Brothers was were a, there. Uh, <laughs> Von Miller was a young, spry, twenty-two-year-old—maybe <laughs> not that old. And Van Miller was uh, like I to Van bunny, Miller. Huh? He was eating a. I remember he. Yeah, like twins. He, yeah, he was eating a roast beef sandwich, and that's all I remember. And he was super nice. And I said, mm-hmm. "Hi, Mr. Miller," and he said, "Hi, kid. How you doing?" And he was super nice. And I, uh, I got to eat about three feet away from Van Miller, so. Uh yeah, yeah, it's always Van Miller. Chris Brown is just like he's fine, but if he wasn't everything is like yelling, like he just I don't know. It's just like it's like he just got out of like Studio 54 and he like can't hear so good, so he's like yelling. The music was so loud in the club. When you get out of there, you're just like, So you really like that club, didn't you? Like you're yelling, but you're not. Like you don't know you're yelling. I feel like that's Chris Brown all the time. Like he just wants to call the play, but he's just like,
0: ah, "Dylan
2: with an amazing pass."
1: I feel like that is Chris Brown all the time. So I gotta go with Ghost of Van Miller because Chris needs to just—he's always—he's always—he's spinal tap. He's always at eleven. Like take it down to eight, please. I think it seems because he's not like—that's
2: not his personality—is personality. like he doesn't—he doesn't—he seems like an even keeled. Person and mind, and then yeah. him yell. So him yelling feels unnatural. Yeah, when you hear it, it that does. way, or like to hear him forced. like express some jubilance. Yeah, when he's like really jubilant like that, it feels forced. I can see yeah Ab- that aspect of those.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Moving on, Tony. Uh, another on the field. Go back down the field. Um, Terrell Dodson or Dorian Williams. Moving forward, who would you go with? Um, I'm going with Judge Dreds. It's always Judge Dredd. Has it's always hashtag Dredd. Judge Dredd's. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, Terrell Dodson, like we talk about every week, like we know who he is. He's, he's, a, he's a guy. He's an insurance policy. He's a depth player, and he's fine at that. If he's your fifth, sixth linebacker and he has to go in because of injuries, he's very good at that, and I, I'll take that all day. I would much rather see Dorian Williams in lieu of broken coverages in lieu of not hitting his assignment correctly, doing what he needs to do out there. I'd much rather see Dorian Williams running around like a chicken with his head cut off and just flying around and making tackles and kind of disrupting things. And it's chaos theory, right? Like Mm -hmm. just, Go out there and just run around and cause chaos and confuse the opposing offense. I'd much rather see that from Dorian Williams than keep seeing Terrell Dodson out there.
2: Here on uh here on the local news, I don't know if they had it or if you watched it or if anybody watched it out there. They had this uh story about a kid in second grade playing flag football and he has this electric yield play and basically. What it seems like from the video, I'm like half paying attention, is that he's the center. He snaps the ball, flops on the field, and just wiggles his body like an electric eel. And then everybody, and then the blitzer, and it confuses the blitzer enough that they then have to go, that they like hesitate for a second and have to go around him. And then that gives the quarterback the extra time to dump it off to the side.
1: That's, that's so that genius. could be Dorian
2: Williams. That could be Dorian Williams. Dorsey needs saying.
1: to put that. Yeah, have the, the coaching staff in. needs to put that in the playbook immediately. Just yes, uh, the Mitch electric is eel. Made just...
2: to do the electric eel. <laughs> um,
1: oh man, with that beard, that would be classic. I
2: think Dorian Williams is is like I think we've seen enough positive on Dorian Williams that my thing is like just get him like he needs reps, and I think that yeah. you know I think that he is someone who. Having this opportunity to get a lot of reps based on the circumstances of this year, you know, all of a sudden in like five games, we might be like, you know, Dorian Williams is all right. I think so. Yeah,
1: I, I think, think so. so. Mm-hmm. That could very well be a possibility. And I think like I want Dorian Williams to succeed, not only for the Judge Dries nickname because mm-hmm. we need that to to make a run here, um, but I feel like the Bills ultimately will be their best in a four-three defense. I know they've run the nickel forever and that's their, their base package, but due to the lack of personnel their deficiencies in, in the run game in in defending the run, I feel like their best package would be a four three. So if Dorian Williams becomes something and next year you can run out Milano, Bernard Williams in their linebacker core. Like I think that would just be ideal. Just three super fast guys sideline to sideline able to cover able to shoot the gaps like speed galore like that's where the nfl is trending is speed like you see it with the dolphins Devin a-chan and Terry hill and all like speed on offense like let's flip the script and do speed on defense just speed for days so i'm all for Dorian williams i don't need to see terrell dodson anymore uh he had a rough game against cincinnati both in coverage and in in run defending so i i think we see what we saw and uh with Terrell Bernard, Bernard 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 being out uh with a concussion or in concussion protocol and possibly being out for the next game uh it might just be Dorian Williams and Terrell Dawson like running the show so uh we might see uh those two together on the field for like the first time so uh definitely Dorian Williams in this case. Give the young guy some reps, as you said, Tony, and uh let's let's move on. Let's see what we got in, in the young guy. Tony, next one. We've talked about it for weeks now. We'll talk about it when we review the game. Joe Brady or Ken Dorsey. It's time. It's so time. It's, it's time to just this draw is the line the, in the sand.
2: This is the uh benchmark vote of this election season <laughs> the benchmark race if you will this election
1: season. yes um this this is the benchmark i believe
2: it's am i voting for joe brady only kind of because i am voting to not reinforce or not give the um you know not give not give my i'm i'm voting to indict Ken Dorsey based on his performance you it's know. not a vote for joe
1: brady it's a vote to go against ken dorsey
2: it's a vote it's a vote to not reinforce ken dorsey like ken dorsey no. has not ken dorsey has not earned my vote and okay. in in our bicameral system here i will divert to the other candidate because i have not because like most americans i have not researched any third-party candidates
1: Right, 3rd party candidates don't matter. Uh, yeah, I feel like, um, like Joe Brady. What what party is Joe Brady running on? The rent is too damn high. Party. One of my favorites like in New York was. Yeah, that's that's a great party. Ken Dorsey's running on the, like. We know what we're having having him, and we don't like it. So right. But the thing is, oh. we know he's capable. Do we? Well, just... Dorsey or Brady? Or Brady. Dorsey
2: because doesn't it feel like doesn't it feel like we were like on the you know on the first drive of the Bengals game and the last drive of the Bengals game we were like why don't you just do that all the time like clearly you know how to do this this is what we want just every just every time like don't do this and then divert to your other ideas that to your other nonsensical ideas just do just do that like every time like other right. offensive coordinators do and have done.
1: I think that's that's the biggest question mark and they mentioned it in the pressers this week about like oh we wanted to try different things. Like well why would you want to try the stuff that doesn't work? And like when you're losing. When you're in losing. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> two of, two different a, different two options you like think you're going to see at the end. Yeah. It's like, w- wait, what is going on here? Um, and then Josh came out and said, um, like, he, we're on the verge of, like, getting this right. And I'm like, well, how long does this verge last? Like, wouldn't you want to get it right four weeks ago? <laughs> like, why Why yeah. are we waiting? I don't know what they're doing. Um, I, My choice is obviously Joe Brady. I am... Done with Ken Dorsey. I've been done with Ken Dorsey for a while. Uh, I think we were the front runners in terms of, like, time to move on since we've been talking about it for what seems like forever. But in actuality, it's probably the past month or five, six weeks here. Um, And it's like, well, why not Joe Brady? Why why is everyone just, like, poo-pooing on the Joe Brady idea? Because if you look back at the 2020 Panthers, which Joe Brady was the offensive coordinator of, for some yeah, of the time. Good. Some of the time, yeah. Uh yeah, well, they he got good, fired mid season. That's that's worth saying. I mean. Yeah, I mean, but if you look at their stats, okay. Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback who's not even close to what Josh Allen brings. And then they roll out almost three thousand yard receivers. They have two thousand yard receivers in DJ Moore, who's excellent. And Robbie Anderson, a former now Robbie Chosen, who's not good, who's been on six, seven different teams in the last three years, it feels like. And also Curtis Samuel, who's a dual threat, who averaged over 850 yards receiving and how many yards rush. Like and then you look at Joe Brady and LSU as a passing game coordinator. One of the best offenses college football has ever seen with Burrow and Jefferson. Yes, they had elite talent, but that offense was pretty much unstoppable when you look back at it so everyone's just like well the grass isn't always greener it's like well maybe it is wouldn't you want to find out because what you have the grass you're standing on is dead and burnt and like it needs to regrow and it's never going to regrow because it's ken dorsey and he just doesn't know how to he has like four running schemes and his route trees are very simplistic and um so why not joe Brady? seems like a very political, like endorsement. Like why not this guy? (laughs) Why not us? He's a
2: change you can believe in, you know, like, because he provides hope. Um, I would say uh, I agree with everything you're saying. And and another thought that just like keeps going through my head is, you know, someone that I reference often is maybe a story that I, a person's story that I feel like from whom I learned a lot about the national football league and coaches and the coaching carousel. And that's former bill, Nathaniel Hackett, former revolutionary War soldier, Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, Nathaniel is a great example of someone who's like, wasn't good at a lot of things. And then also was seemingly good at a lot of things and then proved to be not good at really anything, but seemed like he was. But what I'm saying is, i mean, like a lot of people can seem like they're really good offensive coordinators when they have elite quarterbacks. Ken Dorsey is not that. Right.
1: So that's Nate Hackett. You're right. That's it. That's a Nathaniel like Hackett. That's a Nate
2: right, exactly. And then like all of a sudden seemed like he was really good at things. Well, you had an elite quarterback. Right. You you like it was hard to screw that up. It's hard to screw it up with this situation too. Ken Dorsey is in fact screwing it up. Um so he... I I see it as like, what's likely that two of these coaches are going to screw it up? A lot less likely. Let's throw Let's throw Joe Brady in the mix. Let's throw anybody any other uh, offensive coach into the mix. See how that goes.
1: That's all I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. why not? Why not Joe Brady? Um, he's He's got my endorsement, and and now is like the perfect time too because, like, people are saying here. Morning, Mayan, Linda West, is saying uh we're on the verge of losing a chance at the playoffs. Like this is uncharted territory for this era of the Bills team. Because just like the drought era teams, we're only in the hunt. Like the mm-hmm. in-the-hunt graphic shows us. And it is if that wasn't a punch in the gut, like I don't know what is because we should not be in the hunt. But the talent on this team. We shouldn't even be close to being in the hunt. And we haven't Mm -hmm. been for years and years and years. Now's the time. Like you're coming up on the bye week. And if you don't make the playoffs, you're going to fire Dorsey anyway. I think Dorsey's gone no matter what, honestly. Like I always said, even if they go like, even if they go, whatever, 12 and four, is that how many games they play? No, no, they play, they go 13 and four. And it doesn't look right. Like I'm still going to be on the fire. Ken Dorsey bandwagon. Like, Mm -hmm. so why not just do it now? And give Joe Brady, it can't get worse. Can it? Like everyone else is shoot at like EPA and all the stats and Josh's stats are better than a lot of quarterbacks out there. Yeah. Because they're super talented. And despite a very childish, simplistic offense or what seems like it, we're not an X's and O's podcast or show, but we just, base it on the eye test it doesn't pass the eye test they're still performing and they're still performing pretty high in EPA and stuff and whatever that's fine but it just it doesn't look good and it doesn't look comfortable and Josh looks like a shell of himself he looks uncomfortable and everything this is the first time I I said the past two games too like we talked about and, and Robert brings up a good point here of like Josh needs to stop being a bump on a log and we've echoed that for weeks now it's like I don't like stoic. We don't like stoic Josh. Like, give me the guy that was yelling at the Chiefs during the Chiefs 13 seconds game. Like, where's the guy with the energy who was having fun? And I was looking at like clips and highlights because this week on social media, everyone's like, well, where's the old Josh? I want this Josh back. And they were showing clips of, of highlights. And highlights are always the best of the best, right? So it makes sense. But it just looked like he was having so much fun no matter what. And whether the offense was clicking or not, it seemed like he there was a charisma about him. And I'm not saying Josh isn't charismatic because he oozes it. But it just looks like he's just uncomfortable and not having fun anymore. I miss the fun bills that are dancing. And mm-hmm. when Christian Wade runs for a 75-yard touchdown, they're running up the sideline with him, despite it being preseason. Like, where are those bills? Dalton Kincaid gets tripped in this game, a clear trip. Like, in soccer, that would have been a red card kind of trip. And the only person to react, the only person to react, it happened on the Bills' sideline or towards the Bills' sideline, is Josh Allen. McDermott doesn't react. None of the players react. It just seems like they're, like, you, you used the ectoplasm reference earlier. Like, any horror movie where, like, the... The villain or the entity takes like the body as a host, and then when they leave the body, it's just kind of like dead weight. And that's what it feels like. The host, the whatever, has left the bill's body, and they're just kind of like waiting for a new host to give them life. Like
0: Mm -hmm. it
1: it just seems like a shell of themselves. I would agree. Why not switch it up?
2: And we've always said, like, are they too used to being good that it feels like the. Beginning part of the regular season doesn't even matter anymore. They just assume they want to coast through that injury free and then just assume that turn it on, they can turn it on around playoff time. Right. And now, and now we're, they're now we're starting the the best Yeah, exactly. Right. And you also said that, and like, they're... that it's, and it shouldn't be happening, like you said, in this era of Josh Allen or in this era of the McBean, of the McBean, um, you know, of the McBean time. Yeah. So, what would you say? If this is the beginning of an, of an era, what would you say is the name of this? We're in our blank era. We're in our Taylor Swift, uh, like our Taylor Swift. The, what is this that era? That era. We're going into, oh, like, is it we are, I mean, are we using
1: Taylor Swift references?
2: Oh no. I'm just saying like, name it like, as though it's the album name, like we're in our oh. folklore <laughs> era, but really like, what is like.
1: It? Like, uh, uh, I only know, like, two Taylor Swift things, and they both, I think, uh, apply here. No, it doesn't here. have to it's be a uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> bad blood. No, no. Taylor okay. Swift's super popular. We're going to go with the Taylor Swift reference here. Oh, I see here. Yeah, let's get the clicks. We're talking uh, Taylor or... Swift
2: internet. Get on board.
1: <laughs> uh, She made Travis Kelsey's jersey sales go up. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's going to make our viewership go up, too. We'll talk Taylor Swift. Uh, Bad Blood, that could be a name of this kind Uh, of era because it just feels terrible to to be a Bills fan right now. It's just what's going on. Or uh, that that one song, I don't know if it's the the name of the song or the title of the song, but the lyrics are like, look what you made me do. mm -hmm. And I feel like it's like Josh is listening to Dorsey give him bad advice on how to play quarterback because he doesn't look like Josh, right? He doesn't look like the Josh of the past. He looks uncomfortable. He looks skittish. Now, I was saying earlier, like, I don't think I finished my thought, but this is the first time I've seen him look, like, very um, – he's always been kind of skittish in the pocket when he doesn't trust his offensive line, but this is the first mm. time I've seen him not feel totally comfortable just in the offensive scheme itself. It seems like he's – and this is a perfect example on the uh, interception during the Bengals game. just seems like he stared down Gabe Davis, and it's like – Yes. You would watch highlights from the past, and you see Josh just – You know, whether it was under center or shotgun, just kind of like quickly, like just scanning his progressions. And he just doesn't seem to do that now. Like he had Diggs, Kincaid and Cook as all better options on that interception. Mm -hmm. And he just I don't know if it's Dorsey just saying, hey, this play is to Davis and Davis alone. That's where you're going. And Josh just does it. Mm -hmm. But He just seems so skittish, spastic. I don't know what the right term is, but he it's like one progression or we're screwed. And that one progression and teams are just kind of jumping it or, or sitting on it. If they're in zone, like it just, it's not working. That's what I've noticed from Josh lately.
2: That's what I'm saying. And I like, so Robert over here has a good comment that echoes like what we kind of like speculate all the time. Uh, Dorsey's saying he worked for me with the Miami hurricanes 20 years ago. And like, we always say that too, like, this seems yeah, like he's right. trying to build, that offense but the problem with that offense is that he he dorsey was the worst player on that offense and so his role was to distribute to the really talented players what dorsey doesn't realize that's cool that that worked for you 20 years ago what you would need to realize is that josh is actually the best player on the team he shouldn't be just distributing it to james cook or and to shakir you know god love shakir but he and he shouldn't just be like distributing it to these other players he's the best player like we should be Playing that up, the idea that Josh is actually the best player, not the worst player, like it was on that Hurricanes team, and that also underscoring why we drafted another tight end, so it could be like the two tight end set that he had with uh, Shockey and uh, who's the other one with Shockey? I'm blanking Winslow? on this. Yeah, Kellen Winslow the second. Yeah, 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 Kellen Winslow.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Dorsey was the worst player. It wasn't that like Willis McGahee too. Was was that? Yeah, and Frank Gore, running yeah. back during the. Uh uh-huh. yeah, yeah. See all challenge around Dorsey. <laughs> right. Not a good player. Right. Probably not a good OC either. Um thank you everyone for the comments, by the way. Keep them coming. Love uh checking them out. Uh thank you, Tony, for uh uh signing into our burner account, Robert, because he seems to echo everything we say. So mm-hmm. I think he's I like uh, to think
2: that I mean we know that they we know that Brandon Bean uh we know that Brandon Bean is listens to our show. So I, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I want to think that I want to think that Robert is actually Brandon being here.
1: Robert leader. Yep. Leader of the front office. Leader of the team. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're onto something here. We're onto something. I uh, you our final one here. Um, this is an interesting topic because I don't think it's ever come up, but Sean McDermott head coach or Sean McDermott head coach and defensive coordinator is it too much for McDermott is being head coach and DC too much for him. What are you, what are your thoughts here? Uh, purely based on the stats and that I'm drawing, um, I'm connecting
2: the dots myself, maybe ignorantly, but if the question is, is Sean McDermott stre- does it appear Sean McDermott might be stressed too thin? Yeah, I'll buy that. So Sean McDermott head coach without DC. That's who I'm voting for. Although I do like how the defense, I do like the how the defensive line plays and I like how the pressure is maybe more existent. Well, I, there's more blitzes. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Even though last is that a good thing. Well, last game, you're right. There were many times last game that I was like, that I was like, uh, if we Stop were playing blitzing, cause it's not working. Yeah, if we were playing not to lose right now, like, and, uh, Frazier was doing it. Like Frazier would never do that in this situation. And it might've been for the better. So, you know, so what I'm saying is, can we get some kind of collaboration, like a more collaborative DC situation, like an AI of McDermott and Frazier or, together? Or an AL. Uh,
1: As an AL Hokum.
2: Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. That's pretty good
1: then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Not AI, but AL. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just seems like I always judge McDermott on the, the clap scale, right? The more he's clapping, uh, the worse it is. Mm-hmm. It's like a reverse scale. The less he's clapping, the better they're performing. Uh, and he's doing a ton of clapping for things I don't know why he's clapping for. So uh, that worries me a lot. But we're, we're seeing, like, McDermott emote emotions now, like, on the sideline. And we like, visually seeing him get upset and get angry like on the uh i don't know who the tight end for the Bengals was that scored a touchdown but first um, Smith jr no no the, the that other, other guy team. that was like the other guy the other guy was like yeah it's like yeah first career t- first career nfl touchdown like of course it's against the bills everyone's yeah. first career touchdown is against the bills or their first nhl goal is against the Sabers. it seems to be a <laughs> common theme for buffalo right. sports. Um, but that guy—we'll just call him that guy because I don't want to know his name, or I don't care to look it up. Um, you could see like McDermott just like drown in his own sorrow, <laughs> like as the play is a, a as the play is unfolding, he just like drops down because he knows somebody's not doing their job right, and this is all going wrong. Um, I don't know. I I feel like in the pressers we see him kind of kind of cracking a little he's usually calm cool and collected and i don't mm-hmm. buy much into the press conferences i think mcdermott has kind of perfected a, the what i call the nothing answer where he just says something to appease the media but it really isn't there's really no meat to it there's really no context to it where they can take it and be like well mcdermott was flustered today like no mm-hmm. it's just a nothing answer but him saying Things like, well, we, we wanted to try other offenses this week or something was like an egregious nothing burger from Sean McDermott. <laughs> like He kind of like showed his hand a little. And so I think he's kind of definitely, not kind of, definitely feeling the pressure here. Don't you agree?
2: Yes, yes, I do agree with that. I think that, I mean, if this is a new kind of, if, if Sean McDermott is doing things that are out of character for him in press conferences, Whereas normally he's the guy's a vault in press conferences, uh, then that yeah. to me is all the proof I need that he's like he's in a new situation, he's feeling the pressure, he's feeling the disappointment, he's feeling like, How am I gonna explain this to the press, to the team, to my friends, to my family, to myself in the mirror, to my sports psychologist, to my other psychologist, to my gas man you know, like he's feeling, he knows, my he, knows guy. <laughs> yeah, he knows, he knows He knows he's in a mess that he has to clean up and it's not I easy to clean up messes when people are involved. Yeah.
1: No, not at all. Um, Tony, that's all we have for vote the bills. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully everyone enjoyed our, our bills accuracy here. Uh, but what do you say we throw it to a guy who probably has a hundred percent approval rating He's got my he vote. Is, he's got everyone's vote. He's got my vote for coach. Not a, so much GM. He's a veteran. Uh-huh. Let's go through the list of accomplishments. Veteran, four-time Super Bowl champ, or coach, four-time Super Bowl coach. I wish champ. That'd be great. Co-college
2: uh-huh. alum.
1: Co-college, Victorian, probably because he's Probably, yep. Great head of great head of hair for a ninety-plus year man. I was say man. the
2: exact same thing.
1: <laughs> More. Uh, accomplished writer, than yours multiple and Josh books. Is currently. Wow! Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got a golden voice, Mr. Marv Levy, Tony, you ready to throw it tomorrow? Yes, please. Please, please, let's throw it tomorrow. We'll be back uh, after the short break. Go go. Bills fight, bills go. Come on, let's win for buffalo. And we are back listeners viewers make sure you leave those comments let us know what you're thinking how you're feeling this is a safe space vent your frustrations about the bills anything you want to talk about uh give us the script to we we come up with our own scripts and cliff notes and talking points give us the script to talk about and leave a comment uh tony you got your notebook ready we're gonna kick it off the same way we do every week when we talk our game review and that's the so bad it is good review Oh, Bluebird. Fancy. Nice. It's uh, Yes, it's
2: Uncover the Overlooked Bluebird Hotels, Motels, and Motor Lodges. This is the book that they give you when you check into a Bluebird hotel. Uh, mine is from the Bluebird hotel in Lake Placid, New York. I'm nice. um, on page nice. two. So bad it's good. For some reason on page wow. two, all I, I have old notes and I just have Robert Royal written upside down. And I don't know what it's in reference to,
1: but... Robert Royal written upside down that's amazing that's very talented you ready okay, go. to hit the music yeah. yeah there we go let's hit the music week nine
0: the There's no one in game. Nobody there was no K guns or roses as josh hartnett allen option hymered another bomb of an offensive performance But we have to put all the blame on Ken, because it's just Ken. Anywhere else, he'd be a QB coach. Is it his destiny to live a life of offensive ineptitude? Tyler Durden-Bass tried to get the Bills back in the fight, but this club was closed as James Cook and the run game was non-existent, and DJ Reader and the Bengals' defense were hooked on Tonics, because they wanted more, more than the Bills could give. It was the Burroughs, Bengals, and the rest of the Paw Patrol dominating Sunday night as Jamar Chase was on the case, marshalling in a pass game as Chase and the T-Bird Higgins were the grease that captured the lightning in a bottle. The Bills are beauty school dropouts as nobody believes in them, and they remain hopelessly devoted to in the hunt as the Bills move to 5-4, and four, losing
1: 24-18 to Cincinnati. Tony, that's the So Bad It's Good Review. Matt, I liked
2: comment. I liked the second half. I liked the Grease references. That was fun. Grease that is something is, we don't really talk about a lot. Like it's not talked about, but it's universal, like everyone knows it. No, we don't need to, but it's it's something <laughs> that like you don't realize how universally it's known. Um right. I'm, I'm really stuck. My brain is my brain is literally hooked on tonics right here. That pun is Chef's Kiss. And I cannot <laughs> believe I cannot believe like it's not a t-shirt out there. Just like, you know, like a dad joke kind of t-shirt hooked on tonics uh-huh. and, uh, you know, like with the gin and tonic there. And even as someone who in my early twenties, gin and tonics is, was a drink that I drank. Um, sh- when the opportunity arose, uh, which was a lot and, uh, hooked on tonics. Like I'm surprised that I wasn't the
1: drought. year bills would do that to you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like I was. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe that people were like, oh, gin and tonics. I was like, oh, hooked on tonics. Gin and tonics? Vodka, vodka tonics? Hooked on tonics.
1: Well, this was like a double entendre hooked. because it was yeah. like DJ Reader hooked on phonics because that's like a reading thing. Oh, like Reader. Yeah, okay. And then tonic instead of the drink was the band in the song right. You Wanted More. So that was that was a word salad right there but uh yeah no that's the review uh like getting into some comments here before we get into the game. Amy says no worries with McDermott though Dorsey needs to step up really step down to the sideline. Interesting. I was, oh. Could get a different perspective. I think it would be a it'd be an interesting dynamic because if Dorsey moved to the sideline because we kind of want that guy that dable used to be when he was on the sideline and he would josh would throw a bad pick or or make a bad pass and dable would kind of right be be right there in his ear kind of chewing him out a little and kind of setting him right would would dorsey do that i wonder i mean players not us but players say he's a psycho maybe he would i don't know maybe josh needs to see his offensive coordinator being ticked off at him for making a bad play or making a bad read so interesting, interesting to see. I don't think that'll happen, but if it does, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic between Dorsey and Allen. If if they're like two feet away from each other. Uh, maybe, they really the each other. maybe they really hate each other Maybe they really hate each other. Maybe we don't start.
2: Maybe we should start that rumor to get clicks.
1: Mm, Josh Allen breaking Josh Allen and Dorsey actually hate each other. They
2: actually hate each other.
1: Oh. Uh, Welcome to the comment. Get McDermott out of Buffalo. I don't know if I'm there yet, but uh, definitely we're starting to ask the questions. Uh, I, this is not something I agree with. I love Chan, yes, we Chan, Stevie, all the way, uh, and Fitzpatrick. Chan was a great offensive coordinator, I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ran a very um, high efficiency, high success offense for the seemingly lack of talent that team. And that team under Chan had virtually no talent he got, uh, on that team. Right. He got the and most out of those guys. Yeah. Doug Marone, you're not selling me on St. Doug. So <laughs> we talked about Nate Hackett earlier. Uh, yeah. I always say like the interview process for Nate Hackett being any coach, whether it's an OC or a head coach, uh, he should come into the owner's office or the GM's office. The GM should read Nate Hackett's resume and say, you're from the Doug Marone coaching tree. Turn around and leave we don't want to talk to you anymore. We don't want to interview him. This interview is over. That should be uh, the Doug Marone interview process or anybody from Doug Marone's coaching tree. Um, now the they don't celebrate at all. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, they're so, I don't know. We don't have any big guy touchdowns. I think that's the reason. Tommy Doyle, Deion Dawkins. We need a big guy. Touchdown Bates. like Give, give me someone, David Edwards. Where are you at? Catch a ball in the end zone for once for once
0: you know all those blown opportunities Uh. yeah
1: where's the david edwards uh end zone goal line pass package ken dorsey um a couple other comments here we'll just blaze through them here as we get to the game thank you everyone for leaving your comments appreciate that uh so let's talk about the offense first we talked and and we're just going to quickly review the game because we talked about in our opening segment a little bit touching on some things uh like like josh's game this year as opposed to the last couple years and just he seems uncomfortable he seems skittish seems spastic we touched on that um i think the big thing that is the revelation that we've all been clamoring for since preseason is dalton kincaid has arrived it's clearly evident he is a core piece of this offense success moving forward. And despite the fumble and he's a rookie and that stuff is going to happen and he's going to learn and maybe they go in and score a touchdown. Maybe they don't, we'll never know. But, uh, despite the fumble, he had an awesome game again for the second week in a row. And we're, I think we're really starting to see like how Dalton Kincaid can be utilized in this offense. And now it's just up to Dorsey to maximize that potential. Um, and we said, I said, I think one of my hot takes in the summer was Dalton Kincaid by the end of the year would be the bills number two receiver. And we always talk about him and other media outlets talk about him. Like he is a, just a big receiver, a big slot receiver. But I said, like, he's going to have more yards, more catches, more touchdowns than Gabe Davis. And that could very well be the case at this point, because Gabe Davis put up another stinker. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but I really feel like the, Bills and Dalton Kincaid and the offense have found a groove with how to use him and how to use him most effectively.
2: I had nothing to disagree with there. He looks great. He looks great every day since he got here. Um, I think he is bound to be the number two receiver. I think think he's the, yeah. How do you think he did in the uh, you ladies all right video? I think that he stood out in a way that, and I don't know if it was just better or worse, but it was just, like, different than everyone else.
0: Like, right. something about
2: the, it was just, like, this is just different. And maybe it's because this was, like, the whitest, but it was just, like, different than, it was
1: just different. Like, there's
2: just something, this was like. was, like,
1: the least cool, it had the least yeah, coolness factor to it. yeah,
2: yeah. Um, or
1: smoothness, maybe that, that's a better word. Like everyone was so smooth, like caught the ball, like you ladies, all right.
2: Yeah, exactly. Dolan
1: Kincaid was like, he was at a middle school dance, and he's like, the boys are on one wall, yeah, and the girls like, are on the other. And Dolan Kincaid is like, right? I'm not breaking I'm not breaking the threshold here. I'm gonna stay on my <laughs> <Right>. boys' wall. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just very <laughs> uncomfortable with the whole co-ed situation here. Uh, that that gives that's adult and kincaid vibes right there. Yeah, um, yeah. His, yeah, his, his million-dollar like smile—like his smile's
2: too good for that. His smile's too bright. Like he smiles so bright that it makes it seem like, well, that can't possibly be cool. Like it's just like, you know, it's like someone—it's like so starkly intense, um, in a good way. It's a strength of his. It's wonderful. Don Kincaid is wonderful, fantastic human totally. being. Um, so and and fantastic receiver in addition to his offense. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. I think that. If we find I, I wish we were finding even more ways to utilize him because it's clear to me like do you think Dalton Kincaid is more talented than Gabe Davis
1: absolutely me too, absolutely a million yes. percent
2: I'm, I'm, that's a big percentage uh yeah, like that I think big one I think that he's probably the second most talented like skill position player on the team i would you know on on the offense i I would have to imagine or I would have to think so. I I hope that I hope that we continue to utilize him. I liked how uh, I, it kind of stinks that we we did like a Travis Kelsey play to him the one time, and and he made it only to like the half yard line and didn't put it in because I feel like there would be right. if he if that ended up being a touchdown, there would have st- that would have started I think a bigger conversation of like, oh he's like mirroring Kelsey you know uh, since Kelsey is essentially the 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 standard that we hold every tight end him. to now so.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like we're finally getting like the mismatch we've all been expecting with Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Like if he gets on a linebacker, he's more athletic and he's going to win that one-on-one battle. And if they want to go into nickel or dime, opposing defense, we're going to run the ball. We didn't run the ball effectively this game, and that's been a, a hot button topic of um, complementary offense, which. I, I don't I don't get that. Like the, the <laughs> most complimentary offense to me is like successful. If you want to pass yeah. the ball sixty times and run the ball four and you complete forty eight out of sixty passes, like that's complimentary football to me. It's worth that's a great compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The compliment of the compliment is whatever works. So do whatever works. It's, it's not rocket science here. Um I don't need to have like complimentary football. It's like, oh, we gotta get the run game going this week. Oh no! If the pass game, Josh throws for five hundred yards, like C.J. Stroud did this past week, like who gives a crap? Like, like that—that's the compliment, complimentary complementary football I want to see. Um, but I do feel like Don Kincaid's finally realizing like his potential, and the Bills are utilizing him in the correct way, and he's been he's been great, and he's been the the weapon we need because the second weapon that we're supposed to have is Gabe Davis, and once again. Gabe Davis continues the trend of just being a ghost for like four weeks and then popping up with like a 90 yard, eight catch game one week and then going ghost again for another four weeks or whatever. Uh, Zero catches, zero yards, two targets this week. And we see from the all 22. Yeah. Maybe it's a result of what we talked about before of Josh, just kind of like honing in on his first progression and not really going through his reads, but It's also not enough. And we saw at the end of the game, Gabe Davis get benched for Trent Shurfield. Trent Shurfield was in on those last couple drives against the Bengals for Gabe Davis. So my question to you, Tony, is, and this might be a hot take, and listeners, let us know what you think, and viewers, let us know what you think. Uh, If Trent Shurfield got the opportunity Gabe Davis did this year, would he have very comparable stats to you?
2: comparable stats to Gabe Davis or to himself?
1: Yes. To what Gabe Davis has now. Oh. Trent Sherfield saw, like Gabe Davis typically gets 95 to 100% of snaps because he's in there as a, uh, as a blocker and he's in there as, obviously as a receiver. So um, uh, he's, he's a good blocker for being a receiver at that. So uh, he typically sees a high snap percentage game after game. But if Trent Sherfield got that same opportunity from a stats perspective, I think it'd be pretty comparable to what we're seeing from Gabe Davis, honestly.
2: Well, I mean, it's obviously easy to say that because what we're seeing from Gabe Davis is like nothing. So it's... Uh, yeah, the bar is so, low. Yeah, so like the bar is low. So it's easy to say is like throw anybody in there and they could also get nothing. Throw me in there and I could also get nothing.
0: Um,
2: <clears throat> so that... and Just give me that chance. I'm down
0: from so, your
1: throne. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, 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 I mean, yeah, I guess we could put it in there. Um, Maybe he would get more because, but I think that part of answering that question is that it takes two to tango and Josh seems to stare down these receivers, but I feel like Josh also doesn't look to Gabe Davis as the primary, like really that much. It's in some ways, I think, Josh is as much of a diva believer in Steph as Steph is a diva believer in Steph. And Josh, I think maybe thinks like, Hey, when our backs gets the wall, we got to get it to, he's going to get it to Steph. So he'll just force it into Steph, only look at Steph and never look at Gabe Davis. And then if it's not there for Steph, he'll dump it off to James Scott
1: Yeah, I think, I think that's what it needs to be. I mean, mm-hmm. We saw, what's his name? Who's the Vikings coach? O'Connell, right? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell. Uh, I just want to make sure I got his name right. Not the weatherman from from Buffalo, the Vikings head coach. <laughs> if there's any confusion. Uh, run, Win a game with a quarterback that has been in the facility for two days, like in Josh Jobs if you're telling me Kevin O'Connell can draw plays on the fly and come up with an effective offense for a quarterback that doesn't know the system. Like, what are we even doing with these guys? I like, think that should be the ultimate telltale of like, you're not utilizing these guys correctly. If, if this guy over here can come up with plays on the fly, like it's backyard football, your OC who's been in the system for two years now and still can't seem to get guys open or still can't seem to utilize guys in the correct way or maximize their potential or whatever. We can go down the list of guys who have underperformed like Naheem Hines after the trade, James cook his first year, like Khalil Shakir is showing out now, but maybe we had something in his first, like Dorsey continuously seems to not know how to use these guys. Um, so give me an offensive coordinator that does that. We talked about Joe Brady earlier in the show. Uh, all I want is, and, and this is a good comment here from Jemai, like McDermott's soft zone, nickel only works in Madden. I feel the same way in the offense, but the opposite way, like Madden offenses will work. So I put on Twitter earlier this week, like go little giants with it. Give me the MIT geek who just happens to like football As the offensive coordinator, just like they did in Little Giants, they got the geekiest kid, no disrespect to him, because he was a great offensive coordinator. And the underperforming Little Giants beat the more strong, the stronger, more powerful, more football skilled Cowboys team. Like, give me that guy. Ken Dorsey's not the MIT nerd geek that I want running the annexation of Puerto Rico or the eel, as you described earlier (laughs) the electric eel.
2: The electric eel.
1: Yeah, the electric eel. Um, Kincaid is really the first like evidence we have of him being able to utilize a guy correctly, and that's only been for two weeks. Like, where has this been yeah. for the first? Well, two? I would argue.
2: I would argue there's another example that's also emerged in the past
1: couple weeks, but will
2: we'll talk, talk about but, it. I'm sure. Gotta be He-Wolf. Come on, baby.
1: Well, Ewulf, we are
2: we are howling of at that moon. It's this is we're we the
1: at heel. Yeah, we continue to howl at the moon.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: heel era is, I mean, where from I where we were three Vera. months ago of like this, we're worried about this guy making the team. Like the heel era yeah. could be just dead on arrival here. Like it is flourishing now, and of course, what not funny sports is the front runner and at 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 the head of the table here. I feel like, uh, for any wrestling fans out there, Roman Reigns of like his catchphrases, he comes on, he says, Acknowledge me. And like, I feel like that when people talk about Shakir online and in social media, like, acknowledge us, because we've mm-hmm. been on the train since day one. And he, it just seems like every time there's a big play, and he averaged 14 yards of catch, he only had four catches for one of less, a little less than 50 yards. I think I forgot the exact number, but. 14 yards a catch was the highest uh yards per catch on the team with Diggs. Just seems like when we need a big play, Shakir steps up and he's really fitting that mold of that Cole Beasley. We used like Cole Beasley, as Jamaya said here. So um, and that's what Josh needs. It just Josh needs to just go through his progressions now because it can't just be one and one and done like Shakir's mm-hmm. open a lot and he's been that guy in that five to 10 yard intermediate range that he can have as a safety valve. I feel like Shakir should be like a six catch for 60 yards plus guy every week. Cause you see from the all 22, you see from the tape, he's open a lot and that's what he will do people. He will just get open. He will know how to perform. He will know how to be successful. He will he show you those moves like our Columbia. <laughs> his hips don't lie when he's juking mm-hmm. guys left and right. Um, yeah. The he wolf has been uh, fantastic and he's really become, I mean, we, we talk about Gabe Davis, not being a second option. I don't even know if Gabe Davis is the third option at this point. I don't know if it's a fourth option. Cause I probably put James cook as a fourth option. That's mm-hmm. how bad Gabe Davis has been. Shakir feels like a third, like the third option in terms of whether this offense is successful or not.
2: I think he is. I think I agree with that. I think he is the third option.
1: I mean, he's been he's been fantastic, and mm-hmm. uh, really, we've we've been looking for that Cole Beasley esque type player for so long. Even more so in the fact that we brought Cole Beasley himself back last year to fill that role. Uh, Shakir's been there all along and is is filling it quite adequately, if not uh, succeeding or over succeeding what we wanted in the person to fill in for Cole Beasley. So um, Tony, any other thoughts about the offense before we move to the defense? Like we said, we mentioned a couple things in our opening segment. Uh, so we don't want to rehash that, but any other thoughts um, before we move on to the defense here?
2: I was just reflecting how crazy it is that, you know, we were like, you mentioned like in summer, we were like, gosh, oh, you're going to make the team. I never would have dreamed he would even make my team. He's still, He's still holding on to that flex position on my fantasy team. It's just shocking. <laughs> it's shocking, and it's and it's i I'll never take him off. As take him off. No, I mean he's only in there because I'm in last place, and so I'm just having fun with it, you know. But the, okay. but the, but it's he's decent. Like this is, it's a thrill to have yeah. to have our little baby boy accomplishing things out there. All grown uh, up. Yeah. All right. In let's move blue on.
1: fields of Boise State. Uh we talked about other styles of offense of course like just do the style that works sean ken it's very simple we won't we won't talk mm-hmm. about that more um toy moving on to the defense i think the question is this week and coming out of the cincinnati game and moving forward actually because we could be at a point here uh going into monday night against the broncos where we see a back seven of all backups which is crazy to think about. Um, or maybe all backups. Taron Johnson might be the only like true starter because mm-hmm. Hyde and Poyer are dinged up. So mm-hmm. is this defense too decimated by injuries to be successful?
2: No, I yeah, come on. We've seen, you know, like you like you just mentioned with the Josh Dodds, like you just mentioned with anything. It it all it depends on is you know, the depth you, the depth is obviously the key component of decimating injuries um the game plan is obviously a key component of decimating injuries the uh the i don't know like age? no it, it, the what the yeah the age is obviously a key component of decimating injuries like are we able to do it i think that it's not the depth like the only i think our depth is good our depth is supposed to be good um yeah. we should have it we should be able to figure it out i think the biggest thing is that our defense kind of relies in some cases on fresh legs and now it's yeah it's not so much the lack of talent in the in the lower depths of it but it's just the lack of variety that you know we're asking these guys to do so much and play so much will they be successful time will tell but i think they can be successful
1: i think they can be okay yeah. I mean, they've done admirably for, for a yeah. long time here with losing a lot of key core players, Milano, Daquan Jones, Trey White, as we know. So I, I, think, I think they're doing the best with what they can. Like holding the Bengals to 24 points, I think, is an accomplishment. It's obviously the offense that's lacking, and you expect now with the injuries that the offense would pick up the slack. This offense should be a team that at least scores 24 points a week like with the talent they have on that side of the ball, but it's just not happening. So uh, I think the defense has done a pretty good job despite all the injuries. The one thing that I will say that I'm concerned with is the up front, the front four, the defensive line. There's just not enough consistency from an impact standpoint week after week. We see A.J. Appanessa have a great game in London against the Jaguars and then disappear. We see Greg Rousseau start the season off strong. Hasn't really been that great for the past couple weeks. And yes, they're banged up. Yes, they're hurt. But I need like a consistent threat. And that's supposed to be Von Miller. But Von does not look like Von lately in a lot of talk this week about he's still ramping up and yeah, that's expected. And maybe they rushed him back too soon and he's only seen 20 snaps per game and they have him on a pitch count, whatever. If that's the case, don't play him because he's not Mm -hmm. effective. And we saw that on the last play or seemingly the last play, the play Cincinnati kind of sealed the game with where he failed to hold the edge and and seal off the edge. And you let the, the running back get around him and get a first down. So we look at, Game tape, we look at all 22. Vaughn just doesn't have the burst. He used to. I just think it's a domino effect. Like, these guys aren't performing. Losing Daquan Jones and replacing him with, like, a Tim Settle who pops, like, once or twice a game. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Oliver has gone back to kind of being inconsistent Ed Oliver as opposed to the dominating force we saw earlier. It just seems like there's not enough consistency from an impactful standpoint on this defensive line. What are your thoughts? My thought, I mean
2: I have no thoughts in the sense that I, I don't not agree with you. Like I yeah. that's what we're seeing. I mean how are are we giving Vaughn the pass because he's in uh injury recovery? Or do we think that this is who Vaughn is now?
1: That's the question, right? I think yeah. like I look at it like Vaughn Vaughn did this to Vaughn with <laughs> okay. all his like BS Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Like every, as we know, everything Vaughn says does not come true, right? Which makes me con. Which I put today on Twitter. Like I've never felt more confident about the bills getting it right because Vaughn said, like, we're not raising the alarm or sounding the alarm, but we're close. And I'm like, oh, good. If Vaughn says, oh, good. <laughs> They're They're close to sounding the alarm. They're gonna get it right. Like, don't worry about it. If Vaughn says it, because nothing that man says comes true other than his promise to win Dancing with the Stars. The only Uh thing he ever said that came true. But um, So Vaughn is his own worst enemy to me because Vaughn was the guy who when he got hurt initially last year was like yeah, I'm good. I'll be back in two weeks or whatever. It's nothing big. Turns out it's an ACL. Vaughn's a guy this summer that's like, yeah, I'll be back by week one. Turns out not to be the case. Vaughn is the guy that says, yeah, once I come back I'll be at full speed doesn't seem to be the case obviously. No. Uh Vaughn's the guy that says I'm not going to wear the same outfit as Stefan Diggs. Yeah, he does wear the same. Obviously that outfit happened. Diggs in that commercial. He seems Von to have done Diggs. it like 30 times a week, so <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so um yeah, Vaughn just I think Von's his own worst enemy because nothing Vaughn ever says comes true. Mm-hmm. Or, He's either the eternal optimist or the biggest BSer ever. He's the ultimate jinxer. Yeah. Yeah, he's the, the ultimate jinxer against himself. Um, right. But I just need to see more consistency. AJ Epinesa in a contract year. Like I
0: mm-hmm. need you to
1: be kind of a factor every week. And I'm not I'm not asking for him to be the TJ Watt or the Max Crosby or the Hassan Reddick or or the guy that just seems to be every week in the highlights, making a play, making a game-changing play. But I need to see it more than once, just like I say with Gabe Davis. I just need to see it more than once every month. If <laughs> you could just give me, like, a pressure here and there. And like, it just seems like they're invisible. Like Gregory Rousseau, a guy who was supposed to take the next step and who looked like he was taking the next step early in this year. I'm not getting it. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just so... I need to see more from this defensive line. I think it starts with them, especially with the injuries in the secondary and in line linebacking core. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a conspiracy theory for you, by the way. Our conspiracy okay. theory of the week. Uh, with the CVS-like length, CVS receipt-like length of the injury report now, <laughs> everybody's day-to-day banged up in some way, shape, or form. Uh, are the Bills faking injuries – to get more pity from the fan base. That's my wow. conspiracy theory of the week. Like Christian Bedford day after uh, day to day, like he's fine, but maybe he's not playing great, so they're just going to put an injury designation on him. Right. Be like, "Oh, well, he he's hurt. He'll he'll get better." I feel like they're they're kind of like being a little lax with the injury designations just to make mm-hmm. us feel pity for them because they're playing so bad. What are your you thoughts know, on like, the conspiracy theory Is
2: pity the word because it's like you know the the trainers the medical staff knows the coaches has relationships yeah. personal relationships with the coaches they see the writing on the wall that their coaches these to them human beings these friends and coworkers and colleagues mm-hmm. uh, might be getting fired so give them uh you know give them a scapegoat excuse so that when they're kept they can we can all say well you know i mean it was bad because of the injuries and then they at least the other know, reason, gi- yeah, is giving right is giving them a defense, it's the it's giving them a defense too, both to us and to, uh both to us and to Terry, basically, you know, is what right. I'm saying. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we're bringing back Dorsey because they were decimated by injuries, or right. So that tracks. It's all false. It's a
2: false flag. It's a false yeah. flag situation.
1: It just it just seems like kind of coincidental. Like they're playing like crap, and all these injuries pop up all of a sudden. Yeah, I just feels like they're diverting it a little. Um, Tony, any other thoughts about the defense, um, before we, we wrap up the show?
2: Uh, I did have an idea during the show that I want to propose to you pun pun slash nickname guys. Uh, wise, I should say when I came up with this like 10 minutes ago and wrote it down for myself. Okay. Okay. When, uh, Tyler Bass successfully kicks a field goal or kicks a long field goal. We refer to that as you stamp the bassport. Is that something? <laughs> I like it. He's okay. gonna stamp it. Let's get let's let's put a stamp on the bassport, or we're gonna stamp the bassport.
1: Passport. I like mm-hmm. it. All right, stamps in the bassport. I like it every time. Uh, I always I always said um, every time Todd Bass is successful on a field goal. Um, it's a uh, for any Big Bang Theory fans out there. It's a instead of a buzzing, it's a bass zinga.
0: Mm,
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. But is I that like a shirt? Port. Do we have a, do we have have a bass passport. zinga shirt? That is a shirt. That's a shame. I think plug. we
2: do. Yeah. Okay. Right. 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 Yeah, plug. The the ba- yeah. Stamp the passport. Teespring. Com. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stamp the passport is what I was thinking, or something with a passport with a passport yes yes like, uh, and then like you know extra points like are it. enhanced licenses
1: alright we'll, we'll we'll play with okay. it the next couple of weeks yeah Please, we'll play uh, with it we'll, we'll, tinker. we'll, we'll tinker. tinker we'll tinker we'll tinker we'll tinker and, we'll tinker and teeter uh, <laughs> tony uh before uh viewers before we, we depart here and thank you everyone for leaving comments and viewing and checking us out uh we really appreciate it week after week i know we we kind of bring a different uh, vibe to bill's talk with kind of some ridiculousness and uh not really your x's and o's and we try to find the happy medium so we appreciate all the comments and you uh understanding our sarcasm at points and and our uh satire esque at points as well so thank you everyone for viewing and tuning in uh tony before i would say if they i provide... would say if they enjoy it and oh, get good. it
2: there are these i would say if they enjoy it and get the it part of winning nation sarcasm yeah they're you're yeah they're they're proud residents of witty city. And I would argue the smartest Americans and best looking Americans or, or uh, world citizens. Since we are worldwide. Those on fans the internet. are the smartest. There's internet worldwide. Yeah, that's true. It. That was proven. That's a good point. Yes. We that was were proven. We were those, those fans are the smartest. Scientific. The table jumping. Smartest and fan and games.
1: Dizzy bats yeah. and whatever. We're the smartest. Mm-hmm. Can, can give yourself a self high five. Bills fans. Right. Uh, Tony, before we wrap up, uh, let's go away from sports for a second. Uh, we like to, obviously, if you've been watching, drop various amounts of pop culture references, music, movies, TV shows, whatnot. Uh, so we're big fans of all those things. So not talking about sports, let's give the listeners and viewers a parting gift that is not related to sports. Anything in TV, movies, anything not really to sports, you would recommend for the viewers Tony, and when we submitted, when you submitted this to me, we happenstance have to have the same one <laughs> because debut now, tomorrow and naturally is a little show debuting on Showtime. And if you don't get Showtime, find a streaming service online to watch it uh, for free. You didn't get that from us because it might be illegal, but the show we're discussing and talking about for our parting gift is, of course, the new Nathan Fielder show, The Curse. Tony quick synopsis of the curse for the, for the listeners and viewers.
2: Oh, I'm doing it. Uh, so the curse, we know we know relatively little about, um, the curse stars Nathan Fielder of Nathan for you fame, as well as, uh, the rehearsal, which uh, both shows literally changed the course of television history forever. And uh we're just mind boggling uh, yes. in all the ra- in all the right ways, and so funny, so like the kind of laughter like just paralyzing laughter would come out of these two shows, especially yeah. the rehearsal for for me um but especially Nathan for you, but especially the rehearsal. so now the curse comes in, seemingly Nathan Fielder is acting uh opposite Emma stone and Uh, The director, do you know the director's name? Um,
1: No, I don't. Yeah, I I don't. There's a a
2: third character involved. Um, And it appears that Nathan Fielder uh, tried to, like, tries to do something that involves, like, a little girl and money and stuff and has a curse put upon him or a curse put upon his family. And And I think they're house
1: flippers, right?
2: Yes, that's what I was just going to say. Yes, so they are TV personality house flippers uh who have a show and they're and now they are living those characters um as a husband and wife you know one is the uh like one is the carpenter one is the decorator classic tale um navigating living and navigating this curse uh in all the awkward yes you know uh societal breakdown ways that i hope we can expect from nathan fielder um yes so we'll well see i have high hopes now as you know
1: we, we both have high hopes yes
2: as you know i also am choosing to believe that this show also exists as a rehearsal for emma stone this is nathan fielder also putting emma stone through a rehearsal uh, that we will see Fielder in season reverse, two of yeah. the rehearsal. Yeah, in the Fielderverse, uh, But we'll see. Yes,
1: Yeah, no, great description. It looks hilarious. If you haven't checked out the trailer, uh, go on YouTube, type in The Curse Showtime. And uh, if you like that kind of comedy, if you like kind of awkward, satirical comedy, uh, Nathan Fielder, if you haven't checked out Nathan for you in the rehearsal, as Tony mentioned, uh, do so because they are comedy at its finest. Um, so check out The Curse. That's That's our parting gift. Uh, Tony, wrapping up the episode, thank you to, of course, our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Shop local, support local. Thank you, Traveling Growler, for sponsoring us. Look at those quality koozies. Awesome art. Get a gift. Uh, The holiday season's coming up. Get a gift for the loved ones and friends from Traveling Growler. Uh, It's an awesome, awesome gift. Great stocking stuffer. Quality koozie starting at just five dollars uh what else the podcast or teespring.com as tony mentioned or you can google search teespring witty not funny all one word if you go on teespring search witty not funny all one word awesome designs all original all very cool check out the store today support the podcast and get this banner off there we go um support the podcast uh and you get a cool T-shirt or hoodie or crew neck or tank or long sleeve to boot. So, uh, awesome uh, designs. Like I said, all original, and I guarantee you, if you wear one, you will somebody will mention something or yell at you or yell "Go Bills" or whatever. As I have many times in my Buffalo Brothers T-shirt, uh, somebody's yelling at me about how funny that is or cool that is. You will get a comment. I promise you. That is a guarantee. From the Way Not Funny store. Um, you can find the podcast. Dropping tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow is Friday. Dropping on Fridays. Uh, Spotify, iTunes. Anywhere you find podcasts to listen to for free. Uh, we always like to say. Whether you are viewed in today. Or you're viewing in later. Or you're listening in audio form. If you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate it. So thank you everyone for tuning in and commenting. Liking and subscribing uh twitter handle at woody sports 716 on twitter instagram go give us a follow we love following back um and that's all i have tony just go bills and stay woody out there everyone thanks for listening sounds all good time. have a good night peace
2: bye stamp the passport.
0: You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It's your boy, DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.